1: championship roundtable podcast you can find the show at championship pod on twitter i'm louis shackshaft i'm joined with uh, jake jackman today who's going to take us through the midweek fixtures um starting on tuesday if you don't uh don't mind
2: jake let's let's get straight to it yeah so on tuesday uh birmingham continued their pretty good home record with one nil win over blackburn millwall and cardiff drew two all qpr and reading also drew two all Sheffield Wednesday ended Stoke's small resurgence with a 1-0 win at home. Swansea were beaten 3-0 by Brentford. Preston and Leeds drew one all thanks to a late goal from Leeds. Uh, Eddie and Ketty with that one. and Then West Brom drew 2 all with Barnsley coming from two goals down. And a surprisingly <laughs> surprising result there. Uh, moving on to Wednesday, Bristol City went down to 10 men but still managed to get a last-minute winner to beat Charlton at home, 2-1. Derby also got a late minute last minute winner with a one nil win over Wigan. Fulham and Luton playing out a 3 2 game with Fulham taking the points. Mitrovic getting a hat trick, but two late goals from Luton showed Fulham's frailties and sort of slightly shaded the performance uh the the uh the game for them. Huddersfield and Middlesbrough played out a nil nil draw and then Hull despite going down to ten men, beat Nottingham Forest two one.
1: Thanks for that, Jake. I'm going to throw it back to you because this round of games have been so exciting, and the and the tables flipped on its head again. And you know, there's been lots of chops and changes with the with the standings being so tight. But are there any results that stand out for you in terms of big wins or surprises?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to going to start with the West Brom game. Barnsley, obviously, new manager there. Yeah, um, I've not really done great this season. Lost a lot. Of key players through the summer. Bottom of the table with eight points, only won one game and that came on the first day of the season. If you remember back then, we were talking about how Barnsley uh, might surprise a lot of people under or Stendhal after they beat Fulham, but they haven't really had much to shout about since. But it was, it was a pretty good performance from them. I think they were well worth the point. Um, arguably, probably deserved more. Um, hmm. yeah, yeah, they did. Woodrow getting a, a couple of goals. West Brom didn't create a lot and they really limited West Brom and it was a really good complete performance from from Barnsley and just look when you just look at the stats from the game you can see how committed the players were because every, nine of the starters picked up a yellow card or eight of the starters even picked <laughs> up a yellow card so that shows what yeah. sort of a game it was from them but it's, it's a really good performance and, and give Adam Murray a lot of uh, confidence that there's something in the squad and that they can go and compete with anybody in the division so that was a really good result for them uh, obviously important for West Brom not to lose that one and they'll be delighted to get a point after going 2-0 down. I think the other one for me is um, it's Hull going to Nottingham Forest and winning 2-1 yeah. with a slight surprise. Um, they've got a lot of good players Hull. Um, they just won those teams they're not going to go down, they're not going to go up but they could be anybody and when they're on their day they are great to watch. Um, obviously Bowen and Grisicchia, the ones that we often talk about on this podcast but John Turrell played really well in this one, got a couple of assists. He looked like he was reaching the level uh, needed, the that, that whole, whole need. They, they need other players to step up. It, it can't always be Bowen and Grisicki, and he, he played really well. Um, the only disappointment was was the McGinnis red, red card. Um, managed to hang on to the points, despite having 10 men for over 20 minutes, but that, that was a disappointing one, and it I guess it get, will give Tom Eves an opportunity to come back in, a player that, probably Hull expected more from after signing him um, on a free in the summer but that's a really good result from them uh, and I think Grant McCann is starting to um, find himself in the Championship I think He's, the last few games there's been something some positivity building uh, two losses prior to this but before that they had wins over Sheffield Wednesday and Luton uh, and a, a creditable draw against Cardiff so I think Hull is starting to find some consistency and, and to get a win away from home against Nottingham Forest to, despite a couple of losses recently, have been really good this season with with a huge result. Yeah, I
1: think um, you could argue that the Hull City victory at Forest was the surprise based on where Forest were in the table prior to that fixture. Uh, But the other game that I'd like to pick out, in fact, I'll pick out a couple. Uh, I think you can't look past Brentford's 3-0 away win at Swansea. A couple of fantastic goals in that game. And um, Swansea, are on a right, downward spiral at the minute considering only four weeks ago we were saying you know are they the dark horses and you know potentially could they be top at christmas and all all this uh we were talking about regarding them and, and full of praises and you know um He obviously got the manager of the month award. And and at the minute, they've only won one game in six. Um, So, yeah, they're they're down to ninth now, Swansea. But for me, Brentford are the team that they they really are the ones to look out for. I keep mentioning them and I know they're the 12th at the minute in the table. Um, But I think, you know, once they're firing on all cylinders and, you know, it might not happen yet. Um, it, might, it might even be after Christmas you only have to look at Aston Villa last year what they did they were 12-13 for a long time until around January and they, they finally went on that run of form and, it, and if I were going to pick a team to still finish in the top six and, and potentially go up I, I'm going to say Brentford and I think last you know that their victory against Swansea kind of just proved what talent they do have when they you know like i say want to switch it on uh so for me that was a a great result for them um which keeps them only well a couple of players four points off off the playoffs now and and, and like we keep saying the league table so tight and then the other one just because of the manner of victory uh, i'm going to say bristol city because obviously their victory over charlton has kind of flipped um some some teams from one position to another you know charlton if they'd have won they'd have been in third place um but having not won their then their 10th um and bristol city's victory in the 98th minute like you mentioned being down to 10 men as well um was an was it was a fantastic game to watch obviously i know who lee bowyer will have been seething uh, with a couple of goals that they conceded there but yeah bristol city puts them right in contention now in in, in fourth spot and, and they're another team like Brentford I think over the course of the last few years that you know they're always ones to look out for and, and can beat anybody on their day so let's let's talk um player of you know a like player watch from the midweek games Jake um anyone in particular that stood out for you you'd like to mention
2: yeah I mentioned John Terrell though I thought he had a, a really good game for Hull um but one and perhaps an obvious one, but deserves a mention. We haven't spoken about him much from the podcast this season, which is surprising considering the amount of goals he scored. And that's Alexander Mitrovic. Yep, yeah. top scorer of eleven goals. Is just such a consistent player at this level. Looked excellent. And Fulham know when they create chances for him, he will score. He he seems to have a little confidence, especially at Craven Cottage. He just looks. He looks like a Premier League player. Um. And I think we all knew that going into the season. Still only 25, so he's got got a lot lot of football ahead of him. And I think that this might be the last year we'll ever see him playing at this level. Uh, I'm surprised he stayed this summer. Uh, and he wouldn't stay again if Fulham didn't go up. He's so good. And he, he could even be one that um, clubs look for in January because I think that he could go into the Premier League and start scoring goals um, for a team at the bottom of the table. I think he, he is so, so good. Um, yeah. And considering you know Fulham uh, have been inconsistent, currently not in the top six, right? Only four points off the top of the league, but they have been inconsistent, and in and you saw why um, they haven't quite been able to to establish themselves in the top two yet. On uh, in the week when uh, they conceded those two goals, they just they seem a little bit too open at times. They do concede chances, and there's mistakes being made, but Mitrovic just he's cut himself away from that, and he's just scoring so many goals and. He he was he was excellent and yeah, for, as he's never did this for Newcastle, but he <laughs> he is great to watch and I, I think he's too good for this level.
1: Yeah, he is. I was just going to say, at this level, you know, he should be scoring twenty twenty five goals a season, and and he's well on his way already, isn't he? Like you say, with the the goals he's scored already, at eleven um in 13 games played so he could potentially push for 30 at this rate um but other players that I'd like to mention I think you, you know you've got to hand it to Mitrovic as the as the player of the of the midweek games uh, but you mentioned uh Woodrow for Barnsley I thought he, his goals were fantastic actually um against West Brom his, his his glancing header and 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 his shot from outside of the box were two of two of great goals um from the midweek games um and then I'm going to mention Narky Wells. Um, I think he's been he's having a really good season for QPR. He got a goal and assist against Reading. Um, he's performing well with Hugo up front and. He's actually scored eight goals in nine starts for QPR this season, uh, which I didn't realise. So that's a fantastic form and is, yeah, keeping QPR in contention as well. They were currently sat fifth even after that 2-2 draw. So, yeah, they're doing really well this season. Uh, and then finally, the other player that I'd like to mention, because he's, he's been, you know, he's had endless bad luck with injuries Um but was Tom Bradshaw his two goals for Millwall versus Cardiff Um and it was a much needed point for Millwall as well because they were obviously slowly you know on, on a bad run of form and um, that keeps them 17th in the league. I still think they lack a bit of quality and they've only won three games this season but yeah Bradshaw to, to see him get a brace was good in front of his watching new manager, which takes us on to our, our, you know, latest topic, which is uh Gary Rowett, who was in the stands for that game. Um so he takes, you know, charge for Saturday's game home to Stoke against Gary Rowett's former club. Um so what are your thoughts on Rowett taking over at Millwall, Jake? How do you feel about that one?
2: Bit of a strange one really. I when when uh Millwall got rid of Harris, I didn't really see them going for Gary Rowett. I thought, you know, I didn't know who they'd go for, but I wouldn't have expected Rowett. But I guess it shows that how his reputation has been damaged since Derby. He's obviously had a couple of jobs since then. Um, didn't do well at Stoke at all, um, and he's coming back to a club that won't have as high as expectations. Yeah, yeah. It might suit him. I think it might be similar to to Burton. He, he did really well there at the start of his managerial career, and Birmingham as well. I think think operating a club with lower expectations will suit him, and I think that Mill will probably needed um, a fresh voice. Uh, Harris was there a long time, and they've spent a lot of money in the summer. They've got some talent in that squad. I think it, it's a really good squad, and if you look at their results this year, they've only lost four times. Uh, they're down mm-hmm. in seventeenth, but to, to only only lost four from thirty matches. it's a really good record, to be honest. Um, There's something to work from there, and I don't think it's. I don't think a lot needs to change. I think that. A new voice, uh, a couple of changes, maybe bringing a couple of players into the team. It, it could re- could really uh, benefit Millwall. Um, I think that yeah, it's a good appointment. I think that he needs to, this job to go well. Obviously, the Stoke one was quite a big, um, quite a big blip on his CV. I think he, he needs a, a settled job and to just ha- go away from the pressure for a couple of years, build something. And I think Rowett is the type of manager that he will get a promotion from the championship and it will be at a lesser club. It won't be at a, right, one okay. of the top clubs. I think he's one of the, those coaches sort of, I think Chris Wild is a, a poor, poor example, but, um, you know, just, he, he might be down at this level for a while, um, might even drop down further, but I can see him, you know, eventually managing the Premier League and it'll be at a club like Millwall. Um, yeah, I think it's a good appointment and I, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. At, um, It's one of those that you can't – you don't think it's going to be incredible, but at the same time, you can't see it going really badly either. I just think it's going to be a a steady, decent appointment, and I can see Millwall climbing up a, a few places and finishing around the 12th mark, I think.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at
0: mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Yeah, I've got kind of a slightly different opinion to you, Jake. I'm not sure if I see this as a good appointment. I mean, I understand why they've appointed him. It, It will probably, you know the best manager of a, a bad bunch if you like when it came to the the, the odds of who was going to take charge um but i don't know if he is suited to Millwall. i kind of i don't know why i just i look at you know since burton he's, he's been at birmingham derby stoke and i don't know if he were like riding a wave a little bit you know for for a couple of years particularly once he were at derby and he seemed to do okay um or quite well but then obviously when he went to stoke he was really poor, but you, you you might not you know looking at where Stoke are at the minute, and and you know Jones is probably having even more worse luck than than Rowett is. I I don't know. I just I I don't know whether it's, it's it's one of those managers that's eventually going to be, become, um, you know, like uh, uh, Sam Allardyce in the Premier League, that's you know managed a lot of clubs, or he's just going to continue being this league for another. 15 years till he either like you say gets promoted or relegated and I I just really can't see him doing that with Millwall I think you know he might see them climb you know up a few places by the end of the season and you know potentially could finish around halfway I don't see them going up or down um but then it's like how long does that last you know Harris did it but I just I always liked Harris because of him being a a Millwall fan and, and you know the passion that he he gave towards the club and and in many ways you could say that he he were overachieving at Millwall. I just I'm not there's question marks for me over at Millwall. Uh, let's say and um, you know the only way I can. Assess it is by seeing if he's in there, you know, in in that job in another twelve months' time, which obviously seems a long time away. But that's you know probably the average time for managers to be at the club now. So, you know, beginning the next season, um, you know, I'll I'll have a completely different opinion. But up to now, yeah, I, I just I just I'm, I'm I'm not so sure. I think he, I think Millwall will continue on the similar form that they're on at the minute and and probably stay around where they are in the league. So, uh, like I say, question marks over that, but. Um, only time will tell. Uh, let's talk as as we're talking near, near the foot of the table. Let's let's go on to the next topic, which is Jonathan Woodgate. Now he's, he's not won in a long time. Um, at least six games now. Uh, his last three games is is drawn one, um, the nil nil draw against Huddersfield, which you could probably put money on being a nil nil draw, and uh, lost two prior to that. He's he's only won two games in thirteen. Uh, with a minor six-goal difference. Now, there might be other managers you want to mention, Jake, but do you think Woodgate is potentially the next manager to get the sack or the chop in, in the Championship?
2: It's difficult with Woodgate, because I think Middlesbrough made the appointment knowing it was going to take time, and he was changing a style from from Pulis to a, a more entertainment one and, and one that will be more sustainable at this level, bringing in young players... um lowering the wage bill, um, creating a fresh look at the club and when you're doing that you can't expect instant results, especially with a manager that has never managed before. So, you know, Woodgate knows the club well, he's he's obviously well liked by the ownership. I think Steve Gibson isn't a manager uh, isn't an owner that is trigger happy. I think he's quite happy to give managers time. Um and I think he's gonna see how this one plays out. Um I think the concern my concern would be as a Middlesbrough fan that Huddersfield look like they're getting themselves together now five games unbeaten uh, under the Cowley brothers. Stoke had a couple of wins in a row. Barnsley didn't get the win against West Brom but there was a much improved performance and you look at the Middlesbrough games and struggle to see that from them. Um, You know since the Sheffield Wednesday game there's been a, a slight turn back to the Pulis days, that, you know, they have been conceding in bucket loads of chances, they've been trying to keep things tight at the back, they haven't been managed to get many shots and goal either, um, and yeah, it's it's, it's difficult, if you look at their upcoming fixtures, Fulham at home, it's a win, say Fulham at the moment on their travels, that's a winnable game for Middlesbrough, um, then you've got Derby, QPR, Hull, Barnsley. It's quite a difficult run, to be honest. Um QPR in the top six, Derby are decent, I think. Uh Hull we spoke about earlier and Barnsley obviously that one looks like a huge game in a, in about a month's time if, if we yeah, it still will be. hear that <laughs> yeah. that could be one that is win or lose, he's gonna it's gonna his job will be on the line. Um But they've had a they've had a lot of winnable games, I think. They've played if you look at who they've played, you know that obviously beat Reading but after that Cardiff have been very inconsistent. Um Birmingham, uh and Birmingham and Hollisfield especially are two games that you'd think that they should be looking to win. Um prior to that, you know, they've played Millwall, uh, Wigan, Blackburn. They've played a lot of the teams that you know, you'd think you'd have a chance against so Yeah I've, I've I think they're going to give him a bit more time, but I think if they, the moment they drop in the relegation zone, I think it, it's going to get really twitchy for him.
1: Yeah, I, I understand your point. Um, again, I've got a slightly different opinion. I, I think, I think a couple more weeks, and, and yeah, that could be it for him. Um, I understand that he should be given time, and I'm all for giving managers time. But at this, you know, at the same time, I know you say he wants to develop youth, and eventually he might get things right. But you know once it gets to, let's say, middle of November or, or December um, and they've, they've only won two, three or four games and, and, and they're, they're sat 19th, 20th, 21st in the league where they are at the minute, then I can see him leaving. Um, I can see him, you know, whether he's, he, he leaves on his own record or he gets the sack. Cause, and the reason I say that is because, you know, we're not talking about a... You know, we're not talking about a Luton Town here, or, or, or a Barnsley, or or even a Charlton who are doing really well. We're talking about Middlesbrough, who, you know, they've had the critics over the last few years, uh, particularly under Pulis, who, you know, in 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 many respects kept them in the in the playoff spots. Um, and I think they finished eighth last season. Now, I bet they were, I bet they were wishing they were eighth this season at the minute. Because uh, for, for me, yeah, Middlesbrough are just. Um, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And I really think, like you said, Jake, that the teams that are below and Middlesbrough will be, instead of looking up, they're, they're looking over the shoulder at the minute. And if they're not careful, they, they could end up 23rd, 24th in, in in a couple of games' time. And particularly, like y- yes, Fulham is a winnable game, but with the strike force that Fulham have got, I'd still expect them to probably get at least a point at, or the victory uh, against Middlesbrough. So for me... Um, you know, it, it could be a case that it does get to Christmas or whatever, you and, and they assess things. Um, and then you've got the January transfer window, which can be a get-out clause if need be. But I really don't think that it's, it's going to come to that. I, I really do think, you know, once 15, 16 games have been played, and if, if they're still 21st, let's say, um, for me, he's going to be the manager that is sacked next. Um, but on this topic, do, do you think that there's anyone else that's potentially you know, worried about their job at the minute that could lose it before Christmas,
2: let's say. Um, I think you've got to look at look at the top of the league. Um when you talk about this. I think that um it's got Parker's one I could see being moved on. Um I think there's been encouraging yeah. signs, but there's always that one manager. similar to Darren Moore, you know, they they made that decision to make that change to try and get promotion. It could be that Parker it's gone in a similar way to that. It's so tight at the top at the moment, so if he wins a few games, it's going to look really good. But if if they lose a couple, you know, I could see that one maybe happening. Um, I don't think Warnock would get sacked, but I can maybe see him moving on before the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and the other one would be Mowbray at, at Blackburn. I think they're, they're the main ones. Um, I don't think Nathan Jones is going to go anytime soon, and I, I said that. When everybody expected him to, so I
0: think
2: yeah, few, but I think we'll yeah, it's
1: the main one, isn't he? Yeah, I'd say so. And and it's funny you touched on Jones because I think that the last time we spoke, we said um, if he, you know, if he doesn't win this next three games, he will probably get the sack, and he's he's gone on to win two of those three games Jones so yeah six points out of nine they've, they've done okay even though they're still sat 23rd in the table but I think he's given himself a little you know he's bad himself a little time there a bit of a get out clause for for at least an, you know probably another month Um but for me yes uh, I'm going to stick with Woodgate as as next to get the sack uh, particularly if you know in a couple of weeks time like I said they're still sat where they are in the league um, but let's go and talk about the top of the table uh, so I want to ask you Jake with the league being so tight uh, there's only eight points points separating first which is West Brom right down to uh, Derby in 14th let's say on 18 points um, who do you think will be top of the league at Christmas and I know it could be any of one of those 14 but based on early indications the first 13 games of the season who stood out for you that's not you know, I'm not going to say going to run away with this league because I don't think there's going to be a team do that this season but who who do you think will be on New Year's Day let's say going to be first first in the Championship?
2: Um, I still think it's going to be Leeds um, you look at their defensive record to concede only 8 goals in 13 games is it, it, amazing, um, only 17 goals but when you watch Leeds they create so many chances um, I think at the moment Bamford is, is maybe not carrying the load as well and it's so difficult for him every time Mm. Enketia seems to get a chance he scores Um, and you wonder if Nketiah is going to be the player that maybe makes an impact off the bench but I'd be interested to see him from the start because I think he could score a lot of goals in this league Um, similar to sort of Tammy Abraham a few years ago with Bristol City Um, he was a little bit more mature when he was with Aston Villa but I think when he was at Bristol City he scored a lot of goals straight away and I think Enketia Comes with a similar sort of caliber and, and a, a pedigree in youth football at one of the, the top clubs in the country. So, I think, yeah, I think that's I think for Leeds. I just I like the balance their squad. I think they play such good football. I think Bielsa knows the league now. He, you can see the the way the defense has tightened up. He's really um, you know, learned a lot from his first year. It's just they just seem to drop silly points. You know, Millwall, are two poor games to drop points from. But I think to get that equaliser against Preston, I think that's a huge shot in the arm. And I think, you know, Preston's a difficult place to go and they could they could push on from that and you know, rego really place. Obviously the weekend's gonna be a tasty one for that, you know way to Sheffield Wednesday. That's gonna be a yeah. a huge game, but it's one that if they win it could really, you know, give them momentum to push on ahead of Christmas. And I think that Leeds for me are still the team I expect to be top of the championship at Christmas.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree with you. Um, I know it's obvious to say um, because Leeds are second and I'm also going to say West Brom who are first. And, you know, that seems like um, I'm taking the, the easy way out there. But my reasons behind that is I said all along from day one that for me, West Brom and Leeds, or Fulham I, I said as well, but West Brom and Leeds would be the two that, finishing the top three this season so by Christmas based on where they are in the league at the minute um, yeah I'm, I'm gonna say that it's it's West Brom and, and Leeds are gonna stay exactly where they are and that's in the top two I'm not saying that they'll be there all season but they'll definitely be right up there and and like I say my reasons behind that you look at West Brom just their attacking prowess the, the top scorers in the division joint with Preston I must say on with 24 goals Um and and they've just ah, consistently pick up points. Even, even, you know, you could look at the Barnsley game and say that, you know, they dropped two points there, but over the course of game by game, the, you know, the, they're averaging two points per game there. So they're, they're very consistent. And not only that, you know, in 13 games, they've only lost one. So for me, West Brom are also going to be right up there. And then with Leeds, like you've mentioned already, Jake, um, but I'll put my take on it, is simply not conceding many goals at all. Um, eight goals conceded in 13, which is a great defensive record. You could say they're not taking enough chances up top, uh, particularly Bamford, who, who you've already mentioned. But I expect that to improve. Like you said, Bielsa's learnt a lot. His experience, you could say, in this division now, he's, you know, he's got vast experience from... Over years around the world managing, and I really think that even though Leeds are second, I think they're going to get better. Um, and that will, like I say, push them right up where they are at the minute, first or second in the table by Christmas also. So I'm going to have to go with those two, um, despite them being there already. So that takes us nicely into previews and predictions. And with that, let's continue on the Leeds United theme, which would be their fixture away to my club Sheffield Wednesday, which is on Saturday at 12.30 on TV. What's your preview and
2: predi- prediction for that one? Second versus third in the league. This is going to be a really, really interesting game. I think that Wednesday have been really good this season and to find themselves in third place after what happened in the summer is... It? is is a great credit to the players um great credit to the coach and staff that were there before Gary Monk and great credit for to Gary Monk now he's there um been really really good i know you you've a few concerns about the the quality of opposition that you've beaten but you can only beat it what you yeah. got, what you've got in front of you and sometimes having an easier start can give you that momentum and the confidence within the squad to go and beat the bigger teams and it's going to be a really interesting litmus test for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, that said, I think what we've just said about Leeds, it's difficult to see them going there and losing. is normally really good in the big games. Um, you rarely see Leeds on telly um, getting beat. It uh, happened a couple of times towards the end of last season, Norwich mm. and and Derby in the playoffs. But before that, they, they were really solid in these big games um, and can sometimes put on a real big performance. And I expect something similar. I think Leeds are going to win.
1: Yeah, what score are you going to predict for that one?
2: I've got 2-0 Leeds.
1: Okay, I weren't hoping you were going to say that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's difficult for me, obviously, uh, as a Wednesday fan, our, one of our Yorkshire rivals. Um, it's, like you say, so difficult to predict. I think if you, know, you had to choose a team to win, you, you probably would go with Leeds based on you know, the the, the the extra edge that they have got because of the Bielsa effect in many ways. Um, and like you said, I look at Sheffield Wednesday and I've even though we're third and, you know, I'm, I'm over the moon that we're currently in third and in contention with being in sight of that top two at the minute, I have to be realistic. And like you said, I've, you know, the, the teams that we have beaten this season, we've played seven games um, and we've beaten all the teams that are currently um, seven you know the bottom seven teams in the league uh, but having said that on on a positive note we you know we we are picking up points you know we've we've only lost one game in around six or seven now um and not only that Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday have both got the best defensive record in the championship at the minute so uh, Leeds have only conceded eight Sheffield Wednesday have conceded 10 so for this fixture i'm going to really sit on the fence because i can never call a leeds united Sheffield wednesday tie um it's so difficult um so i'm going to say nil nil and i know that is really sitting on the fence but um i just i just think i just find it so difficult so i'll move on to the next game to preview and predict another key fixture which is west brom versus charlton which is a three o'clock kickoff uh what's your preview
2: and prediction for that one jay Cholton are a team I can't predict. I, every time I think they're going to win, they don't. Every time I think they're going to lose, they don't. Um, and obviously they'll take a lot of confidence from Barnsley's performance against West Brom. Uh, West Brom, despite their attack, do concede goals. Um, concede more than a goal a game at the moment. So, you know, And, and Cholton are probably one of the better defensive teams in the league. They um, mm. yeah, concede a lot of chances. Um but they do keep things tight and you know the win against Leeds is a, is a perfect example of what they can do they've been conceding a few more recently but um yeah i think i think it could be a tight game i really think this could be a 1-0 win for either side of i'm going to sit on the fence and say a 0-0 draw i just i just think Charlton in these big games just know how to approach it
1: yeah i understand why you say that and you're right i think they have been very good in key games i i just can't look past you know, West Brom the amount of goals that they score. Um so I'm I'm predicting a home win, particularly because West Brom are at home. Um and with them being first in the league and, you know, they've 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 got great form um this season, won the last two out of three games. So I'm gonna predict a two nil win to West Brom. Um but like you say, I'm 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 sure Charlton have give them a really, really good game, because uh, 'cause they've been very impressive this season so far. And then that takes us into uh, another key fixture, which is on Sunday, um, another well, the the, the Welsh, <laughs> the Welsh Derby, let's say, uh, which is at twelve o'clock, Swansea versus Cardiff. Um, what are your thoughts on that one?
2: This is going to be a make it or break it game for both teams, I think. Um, mm. I think Cardiff being fine without being amazing. I think four wins from thirteen isn't great, but they seem to never really get roundly beaten too often. Um, Nineteen goals conceded, few, few too many for Warnock. And you think, looking at Cardiff, they're in thirteen for eighteen points. You think they're only going to improve from there? Um, he's got to get better. Um, this could be a game that kicks off starts of the season. I think Warnock will have them well up for it. Um, Swansea's recent form, one win in in six, isn't great. Um, and get easily beaten by Brentford. Um, would have really knocked their confidence um, so yeah I think I think I'm going to go for a Cardiff win um, I just have I sort of thought they were going to finish top two at the start of the season probably not now but still think there's enough in the squad and I think Warnock is he's not going to let this season just middle away into mediocrity I think he's going to see this as a real opportunity for his team and, and I think they're going to go there and win
1: yeah, I'm going to join you with that win. I think Cardiff will uh, edge this one as well. I think it might be a, a good game. I just, I don't know why, I, you, you know, you've asked me two weeks ago, I probably would have said that it had been a draw or Swansea might have edged it, but just simply because um, they look like a different team at the minute, Swansea, particularly, you know, that drubbing what Brentford gave them. Um, Brent, I know Brentford can play some fantastic football, but Swansea, like I say, just looked... Um, so low on confidence and and for that reason with Cardiff having Warnock, I know they've not got off to the best of starts and and potentially will climb the table Um, but I just think with his experience versus Cooper I'm going to go a 2-1 victory to Cardiff in that one Uh, so unfortunately Jake uh, with that we're out of time if you'd like
2: to let our listeners know where they can find you uh, please let them know now and be a good time you can get me on Twitter, uh, I post anything I do there, I write for EPL Index, and at the moment I'm the standing host for the Premier League shows, so this week we <laughs> had uh, a good show, we had uh, an Arsenal fan uh, on there, we had a Wolves fan on there, we also had me on there talking about Newcastle, so check that one out.
1: Yeah, look out for that show also. You can't get away from Jake's voice at the minute. But I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Uh, but more importantly, remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, please subscribe, like and retweet the show. We want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time.